0: Well, should we should we begin and we can take it as step by step into understanding what it means to live wholeheartedly. All right, so, and it's really about um, connecting to yourself in that heart space. So from the words of Brene Brown, she's written quite a few books. Um, she's an amazing social, so uh, uh, a researcher in. The social life and the social aspects of, of human beings, our human nature. And uh, Brene Brown said, what is wholehearted living? And I, I really liked her definition. So that's why I'm, I'm going to use her definition for us to really get an understanding of what it is to live wholeheartedly. So wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness it means cultivating the courage, the compassion and connection to wake up in the morning and think no matter what gets done or how much is left undone, I am enough. So I really like that concept of worthiness that it's to live wholeheartedly is not to keep thinking that you have to keep being something more, keep doing something more to become something you think you should be but wholehearted is about knowing that knowing your worth and knowing that you are enough and to be in the place of courage compassion and connection so you you have the courage to say you know what i am enough i don't need to pretend, I don't need to keep thinking that I have to be something else, have compassion for yourself. And she says that when you live wholeheartedly, people that tend to live a wholehearted life seem to really nurture the connections in their life. So the connection to family, the connection to a community, a connection to a a cause, they have a connection It gives them a good purpose. So to carry on with the definition, it says, it's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect, and vulnerable, and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am I am worthy of love and belonging. It's such a beautiful way of thinking of what wholehearted living means. So from from that, what really st- struck with me and why I, I, I love that definition from Brene Brown is I love how she talks about that sense of worthiness. I am enough. And then to, to feel, be in that space of I'm enough, you need to be courageous. Doesn't mean you're not scared. It means that despite being scared, you're still brave enough or you still have the courage to keep doing what you're doing or being who you are authentic and then the compassion to self and i really like that because when you choose to believe that you are enough i feel there's a bit of a journey that you have to travel in that of in that space of saying i'm enough and part of that journey is compassion to self It's like, you know what, my life is not perfect. Like tonight, um, my youngest is um, just turned two and usually by now he's fast asleep, but he wasn't sleeping. So just before, four minutes before seven o'clock, my husband had to put him in the car because he was pretty upset and take him out for an adventure, for a late-night adventure with Dad. And it was a little bit messy in that four minutes before 7 o'clock as he was wanting Mama but then excited to go with Dad and my older boys climbed into the car, taking their wallets because it was exciting. And and the compassion was, you know what, it didn't work out tonight. I didn't, as a mum, I'm still doing a great job. I'm just, he didn't fall asleep tonight in time. So it's that, it's that kind of journey of going, you know what, i have compassion towards myself and if you have compassionate towards yourself you can also have compassion towards others be more forgiving or be more patient that um and, and give people more space and then that connecting to with others um, in the definition and uh, brene brown actually has a, a book that she's written uh, really around um, daring the brave or um and she, she really talks about so the importance of connection And then um, it's the practicing of gratitude. That's also what really comes up when we want to talk about living wholeheartedly. It's like, um, again, it comes to that instead of feeling this is what things should be like, this is what my life should be like, this is what my house should look like, this is what my job should look like, when you sit in that space of worthiness, the journey towards that space of worthiness I feel is gratitude. Being so grateful for what you have in this present moment, who you are, how you manage things. And then um, from gratitude, you can lean into joy, into a form of contentment. So, um, I, I I wrote a, a blog um, at the end of last year about contentment and um, I, I, I think later on in the webinar series I dedicate one of our series to one of the, one of my speaking times to contentment but quickly the webinar the blog that I wrote about contentment was we were busy putting up our Christmas lights outside um, it was just before Christmas and our boys were so excited because this year or at the end of last year we We said, all right, we'll put up our Christmas lights because we had skipped about two years. And um, when we put up our Christmas lights, (laughs) some of the white lights were flashing, others weren't flashing. Some of the colored lights were flashing. They were a little bit out of sync. And I was like, oh man, our lights are just not looking good. But the three boys were delighted. The joy they had to see the lights flashing and coming on to them It didn't matter that they weren't synced or synchronized or that it wasn't in a pattern. They were just so content. And that was a a wonderful example for me to take on, you know, contentment doesn't mean perfection. Contentment means loving the imperfection. They keep life, and I'm saying this with all respect of it, they keep life simple. It is what it is, the Christmas lights were up and they looked awesome to the three boys. And then the next point as we go more is practicing vulnerability. And um, when um, you choose to have that sense of worthiness, and you choose and you make that choice of um, accepting your imperfect life of I am enough, There, the, the journey there is being okay to be vulnerable and um, my personal journey there is as my in the last few years my work has evolved a little bit more and as my work has evolved a bit more I've really stepped into the place of embracing my vulnerability showing my vulnerable side and by showing more of my vulnerable side people feel more comfortable to show theirs and when you're showing your vulnerable side you're really opening up your heart to say this is who I am this is my most authentic and real self my good and my not so good and um, that certainly helps you get to that point of living wholeheartedly it's just to be so content in being who you are my um, grandmother um, I have I'm Portuguese my background is Portuguese and um, my grandmother always used to ask me um, would say uh, her greeting in Portuguese and one of her she would always say hello and then her next sentence would be to me S'tash content," which means are you content and um, I recalled this recently in the last few months because I was writing about contentment in one of my blogs and um, And to me, I actually prefer contentment to happiness. And while happiness um, is something we all aspire to be, I really like what contentment means in that I'm content in my imperfection. And that will then take me to the point of happiness or joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was a um she played a very big role in our lives and uh, my sister and I because I just have one it's just my sister and I and my sister and I whenever we speak of my grand there's a lot of love for my grand and she was very special to us and she had her funny ways but she had her pearl of wisdoms you know she had pearls of wisdom in in amongst um, things that she would say to us and you know, in our adult life, those have come up and certainly um, given us what we needed at different times. And there comes that point of connection, you know, the family connection that's so important, having that connection to a grandmother, um, connection to our mum, connection to my sister, and, and through that also living wholeheartedly because I feel I'm in a connection um, within a community. I also wanted to, when we we're talking, thinking about living wholeheartedly, sometimes um, to be on the journey to live wholeheartedly, to have the sense of worthiness, to have the courage, the compassion, the gratitude, the connection, um, to be vulnerable. Before we get to that um, place of experiencing those um, emotions or experiencing that part of the journey, sometimes there's a little bit of personal clutter. And um, I'm not sure if you have um, seen that um, series on Netflix that um, at the beginning of the year was so popular, the uh, Maria Kondo, um, decluttering your your space and, uh, and uh, bringing joy into your life because you've decluttered unnecessary things. And um, when that was all happening, I got really, I have been working in for a while trying to just clear things in my home, but that inspired me to really get going and um, clear some things and remove unnecessary things in my home. And the one day I was um, decluttering my pantry and looking at appliances that I haven't used for so long. And I was thinking, you know, while I'm decluttering my home, what about that personal clutter that kind of gets in the way of us really getting to know ourselves, living in wellness or living our wholehearted life? And I started to think about the. The personal clutter, what can personal clutter be? And um, I was like, okay, well, I've got physical clutter. What am I putting in my mouth? Um, What am I eating? What am I drinking? Um, Do I move my body enough? Do I exercise enough? Um, And then I thought, what about the emotional clutter? Do I... um, Let me see if I've got this on the other slide. Uh, Yeah. Do I... um, what em- what emotional energy do i keep around me that maybe i'm i have an attachment to that is not for me to carry or am i holding on to um emotions that are not serving me or what is the emotional clutter that comes into my space and then the other is the the clutter of mental overload so um you know, we live in a, in, a, in a wonderful time where we have a lot of convenience because of the digital um, availability for us. Yeah, we're doing a webinar tonight and I'm in my space and you're in your space and all the listeners are in their own space, but we can um, con- com- connect and communicate with each other. So that's a wonderful aspect of the digital world that we live in. Or, But at the same time, it kind of clutters we always seem to be connected we always i mean we always seem to be plugged in Um, do we ever you know people have uh, notifications on their phone and they immediately look and and it's a constant emails coming through and i think you know sometimes we want if we want to live wholeheartedly if and we want wellness we have this clutter that we need to clear away so we can have some quiet and some calmness and some space so that we can connect to our well-being and we can connect to our wellness. So I, I started to um, think about things within my own space and within my own life of what was the personal clutter and I and I shared seven ways and I came up with seven ways to begin to clear this personal clutter so that we could get onto the journey. To live our wholehearted lives, you know, so when you declutter your room or your cupboard of clothes, you open up your cupboard. of, You know, we, I decluttered my clothes, and we after that we were going to go away for a few days at the, at the at in Sunshine Coast with as a family, and I opened up my cupboard, and it was so easy for me to pack because I I only had the clothes that were left that gave me joy. That made me feel good about myself. So it was so easy to pack. And I thought that about our personal clutter. How can we bring about the awareness of our personal clutter so we can start clearing that so that we can feel good about ourselves, feel good about the space we're in. And then we can really get onto the journey of living wholeheartedly and feeling our wellness and getting to that space of knowing I am. All right, so um, I invite you all to, um, as I share these seven ways to begin to clear your personal clutter so we can be in the space to live wholeheartedly. I invite you to uncross your legs and put your two feet on the ground where you're sitting, but keep your legs uncrossed and take a few deep breaths and as i begin to share this i'd really invite you to slow down feel the slowness of your breath and connect to the words of these seven ways okay so the first um, one is i call it create space allow yourself time and slow down more time to do less things and more time to be. So my um, personal journey in this one to create space is, um, I, I actually wrote a blog about it and I said that a few years ago, I was doing an online um, unit for one of the complementary colleges, one of the colleges that teach complementary medicine. And um, I was to start at one o'clock in the afternoon but that morning I had seen, I had a morning full of clients that I was seeing. And I didn't, it was, I had clients back to back. I had a few minutes to shovel down lunch. And then I started um, a five hour online class for that afternoon. And um, the feedback that I got from one of the students that evening was, um, you looked so tired And you were so distracted and so disconnected. At first um, I had, uh, uh, my ego had a little bit of a meltdown and I was like, (laughs) really? But it was a wonderful wake up call because the reality was I was tired. I was very disconnected at first. And i was very distracted because i did not give myself sp- myself space in my day to just be in between my clients space in that day to have a decent lunch and then be in the right space and mental space to engage with a class of 20 odd students online for the unit and um it was a really good wake-up call, and, and since then I have regularly made a, a conscious effort to create time in between clients, to do far less activities in my day. And um, I, I have I lost out on anything? Not at all. If anything, I've gained, um, I've gained a lovely calmness and clarity in doing that and has my and has my my practice or my 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 work suffered because of that do i see less clients not at all if anything i i yes see less clients in one day but i have i don't see less clients overall if anything i actually have that time to connect so i feel whole wholehearted when i connect with my clients or connect with people because i've given myself the space and the time to do that Okay, so uh, moving to the next one is um, create beauty in your place, bringing something of beauty um, in, your, in, your, in your place. This taps into joy if you see something that is beautiful to you or symbolic of your intentions and values, it serves as a reminder. This reminder helps you connect with your self-worth and values rather than the clutter around that can be around. So what I'm trying to say is like, for me, I have a beautiful singing bowl from Nepal. Um, I absolutely love my singing bowl. It's as I dong it, it's got the most beautiful calming sound for me. And I have a rosary prayer, prayer beads that I keep in my workspace. And these are, this is, these are my two items of beauty. But it, it's, it serves a little bit deeper than that. It, it reminds me of values that I like. Um, you know, the rosary prayer breeds is related to my my faith. I'm I, I, My faith is very important to me. And my singing bowl uh, brings that calmness. So when I see those things in my space, I do, it helps me focus on my values. And then again my, my worth my i feel more worthy when i see that than if i look at the clutter that can be around in your workspace or um listening to the gossip that's happening in the office next door or um that sort of thing yeah the third one is unplug to connect and i say here i appreciate the convenience of our smartphones our laptops and what the digital world brings to our lives But the negative spin is this instant access that it has created a society that is always plugged in so talk about mental (laughs) overload when do we just give our brain some time to just settle and allow space for creativity instead of constantly on your phone social media answering emails answering texts um Dedicating some time each day where you unplug from the digital matrix is a good start to decluttering that mental overload. We are social creatures and we need that element of belonging and connection. So it's more of a connection of, um, I say, you know, if you're having lunch in your day, put your phone down, and you never know, you might actually start talking to someone else that's in an in, around your office that's also having lunch and um, when you're with your family, put, put your phones down when you have a meal so you can get that connection because part of living a wholehearted life and part of feeling your sense of worthiness is having that connection. But if we have the clutter of the digital overload all the time, we lose a little bit of that connection, that human connection that we need. Connecting to yourself, so important, you know, in your, in that stillness or in that quiet time, you can actually connect to how you're feeling or ideas or any creative idea that you might have, which is, you know, feeds into the, your soul You when you're creative, yeah. The fourth one is add value and not devalue. So I say, how conscious are we with the words we use in our conversations? Do they engage or do they discourage? I mean, sorry, do they encourage or do they discourage? Do they support or criticize? Do they nurture or berate? And this goes, this is, is on two levels. This is um, when we talk self-talk to ourselves. <laughs> and when we're talking with other people in a group or or one to one with someone else um, even our children our partners our family members our friends and of course the self talk we do with to our, with within ourselves I, I, I read this great article about bringing in a bringing in complimenting into every conversation it's not to be um, bringing in a fake compliment but to be conscious of the words that you use so that you find a positive in in what you're saying. So, um, um, you know, when you're conscious of the words and you choose your words, and that's not to say you need to agree with someone all the time or or you don't ever engage in not agreeing or disagreement, but your words can make a difference on the outcome of the conversation. And more than that the type of words you use can make a difference on how you feel within that conversation and you know people don't remember what you wear or do but they always remember how you made them feel and and words are very powerful taking us to the next uh, point is um, number five is awareness change only happens after the awareness become more aware of how you feel and what you're doing And I'd like to add the awareness of how you look after your physical body. What are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we taking? As well as how are we moving our body with exercise? We can make many excuses like, um, oh, I'm a busy mum with three children. So I'll just snack quickly on these biscuits because I don't have the time to make myself a a good salad with protein in it. And, or um, um, I'm too busy to do my yoga Um, exercises that I've paid on this app on my phone (laughs) and you know it's making that awareness like you know I I, my body deserves to clear that clutter of unhealthy eating clear that clutter of unhealthy drinking or and clear that clutter of um, being not exercising enough or not doing what my body physically needs and it's having that awareness And the awareness starts and (laughs) it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I have moments where I go, oh, I should, um, I can make the choice now of doing this. And I'm happy to say that I, more and more through practicing, I'm, I'm choosing. My awareness makes me choose the right thing for my body. And then there are times I don't choose the right thing. And the compassion for myself needs to come into that day. But then that means next time or the next day I start again and I choose again or the awareness comes again to make the right choice. So my children, like um, they want to be on YouTube, kids' YouTube, and and some of the things they want to see, my older boys, has to go through YouTube. And um, my husband and I, we really engage in a lot of discussion with them about this, and um, we always say to them, are you watching something that is valuable is it making you feel good to watch it is it adding is it interesting is it or is it devaluing something now we're very mindful and and what our boys actually put on and they can only do it when we are with them uh because they they are um not quite teenagers yet so they really only work with kids youtube but again it's it is with us and in the room with us and it's a a dedicated time when we are together that they do it. But we bring that awareness to them of um, what you're watching, is it valuable? How does it make me feel when I watch that? Does it make me feel good? Or do I feel funny in my body? Do I feel yucky? You know, and I'm using words that I would I use with my children my younger sons uh, does it make you feel there in your body at, or your when your feelings when you watch something scary like that or uh, uh, yeah it's so important to bring that awareness through so point number six is set up personal boundaries for self-care become a filter to what comes into your space so really coming on you know we've just spoken about um what do you allow to come into your space this is so much to do with emotional attachments and taking on everything and uh, technology or movies some um, gaming that you see um, even stories that people are telling you gossip that comes around and um, a good start is to keep it simple and create a boundary that only you can honor because when you want to set up boundaries you can't set up boundaries when it involves other people because then you're reliant on those people to have that boundary for yourself but when you set up a boundary that only you are to keep for you, that's the autonomy that you have for your personal boundary. So an example would be like to choose something that makes you take good care of yourself and would be like I will not go onto social media until I've rested or until I've exercised or I will not choose to see um certain or play or allow myself to play games that involve violence and um uh, you know you understanding what I'm yeah or very violent or it's you make and create your own self boundary. I I had a, a friend that gave me feedback on the this, what I was writing about these seven um ways to clear Um, personal clutter and and she said to me I really don't like the word boundary Um, and um, she says it makes me feel quite limited and um, it to me doesn't have a a very positive um, feeling for me it's like a boundary like that's it Um, so I would imagine that that particular friend of mine would feel more comfortable with uh, personal rules like um, I choose these rules to live my life according if i'm understanding that's what you are asking me but theresa maybe you can explain to me what what you feel is um the difference between boundaries and and personal rules so, or something's not good enough about me so that's why i have to have a boundary yeah because if when you're talking about boundaries of um, different groups or different cultures it's really one Group saying you're not as good as we are, so that's why there's a boundary. <laughs> All right, so we'll get down um, to our, our, the last, number seven, which is love your imperfect life. So um, life can get messy, and no one is perfect. So this journey of I'm enough. It's dropping into dropping the expectations and turning to an inner perspective rather than looking outside of yourself to measure your life. So when you actually embrace that, you know I'm not perfect. My life is not perfect. My parents are not perfect. My children are not perfect. It's actually a peace offering you give to yourself because you drop that expectation that can be the one of the biggest cluttering aspects in our personal space, you know, because then you're always feeling that you have to strive to be something else and, and be in your wellness, your I am, and to be living more wholeheartedly that journey of worthiness of I am enough um, really starts with you going you know what there's nothing perfect about me and that is okay yeah I'm perfect in my imperfection I think that's a beautiful and I'm imperfect in my imperfection that's fantastic so um, to keep um a process of to live wholeheartedly um, Brene Brown goes through a, uh, an exercise which I'd love to bring in today called um, letting go to cultivate so what are you trying to let go or just let be and what are you trying to cultivate so she's come up with um, ten um, guiding posts for wholehearted living the time to, when you connect to yourself and you spend time in your own company and you can think about these 10 posts and I, and I certainly don't recommend you take on all of them it's rather take choose one a day or choose one in a week whatever the pace that is most suiting for you and um, work on something that you want to just let go or let be and What do you want to rather cultivate to live more wholeheartedly in your wellness? So the first one she says, let go of what people think to then cultivate and rather cultivate authenticity. So this is who I am. This is my real me. Um, Yeah, you like me or you don't, but I like me for being me. And then letting go of perfectionism. And rather cultivating self-compassion, and um, that t- went the clients. So a lot of clients that I see are mums that are so busy, and they trying to juggle between their work, their careers, supporting the family, um, looking after their children, and just the mental energy that it takes to manage the family, and they still feel they need to be the perfect mum. The perfect partner, the the perfect work per in in their work, and they land up feeling so exhausted and almost disconnected to who they are, their true selves. And um, I find a, a lot of their, these busy mums will really connect to n- number two of letting go of perfectionism and, but rather cultivating self-compassion. Like you know, my kids are, are loved, but yes, they they get. Um, they're getting takeaways for dinner tonight. <laughs> healthy takeaways, but they're getting takeaways, <laughs> you know, because, and it's okay. My children know that we have two options of takeaways because I, I really i am very conscious of the food that we eat. Um, and yes, we do have treats, but again, it's I'm very conscious of the treats that we do eat. So if we do have takeaways, they know, our oh, mom always chooses the healthy takeaways, but it's takeaways, <laughs> yeah. And then then number three is letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating a resilient spirit so I use this, um, these are big words and when I um, work with um, when some of my teenage clients had come through people, their mums come to see me and then I see their children um, and some of them are teenagers or some of them are younger and I use the words they use at school which is um, moving from a a growth, a, a, a fixed mindset to a, uh, a growth mindset, in that um, they um, haven't got it right yet, which means they can always go back and, and, and try it again. Or it's that resilience, that building that resilience, instead of going, I'm just not good enough at this, or I'm not good enough at doing this, so I'm just, you know, t- I'm not going to try, or I don't feel good about myself. going using that growth mindset of saying I'm going to keep going and I'm going to learn and and not getting it right is a way of learning and it keeps that resilient spirit going and then um, letting go of scarcity and fear so um, cultivating gratitude and joy and then um, letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity, as self-worth, and rather cultivating rest and play. Um, again, this a lot of mums that come to see me can really relate to this. That you know, um, it's like a we in a society that believes that you have to be busy, and if you're not busy, then you're not being um, productive, or you're not. Um, you know, they they link it a lot to their. Um, it's 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 it has a culture of um, doing, 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 more, more, more. And um, to live wholeheartedly is to say, no, I it, I don't need to be exhausted to feel that I'm doing a good job. I need to give myself time and to rest and time to um, be with my children, time to do things that make me happy. Um, then letting go, number eight is letting go of anxiety as a, as a lifestyle and rather cultivating calm and stillness. And... Um, you know, each of these points are really big and I do really encourage if someone wants to choose one a day and, and or one a week and, and feel into it and, and see how it pertains to them. Um, number nine is letting go of self-doubt and supposed to be and cultivating meaningful, but rather cultivating meaningful work. Um, and this really taps into does your work bring in your passion does your work is it your work in line with your passion are you doing what you love and if you're not you need to rethink about things Um, and then number 10 letting go of cool and always in control and rather cultivating laughter song and dance and that's again just you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to have everything in control but you certainly can have fun and enjoy your imperfect life like I say, you can't do all ten in one go because these are quite intense. They, they, they're deep on many levels and many layers. And um, but you know, you, it's definitely you can take one point and con- co- um, contemplate and reflect one at a time and see how um, it pertains to your personal life or your personal situation. So I've, I'm just on the last slide. I have um, uh, just a little bit about. Um, me and um, my big message is about your wholeness and living more in your wholeness and I say that um, your healing is a knowing of your wholeness and your wellness and um, I am I work in Brisbane or um, in spring yeah just outside of Brisbane and um, I do work for my home clinic but I do do a lot of um, online work too so you can find me on my Facebook page called Monica Dunn, a modern medicine woman, or you can contact me via my email, which is info at au. Um, and um, from there that'll be good contact points to either see me uh, for a consultation or for an online consultation and um, I do do uh, online classes and some uh, mentoring sessions so yeah it's it's all there on my um, Facebook page. we all in it together and um, something I do say often is your healing is in the knowing of your wholeness and when you know your wholeness that you are a complete person You live your life wholeheartedly. You come to that place of understanding your I am. And that's when you really can have that true meaning of healing.